what's up everybody we are back i apologize i know we usually hit you guys with our episode right after the race so kind of give you guys insight it's been me solo for this last episode and obviously today kurt's been on a flight tried to make a flight yesterday we're gonna record right after he got off his flight flight got delayed so we said okay we'll record after that this flight eventually got canceled so we thought maybe we'd record on Monday, but he's not arriving till Tuesday. So it is what it is. I'm here now. Let's talk about the Baku race. Overall, first thoughts. It's a great race. Baku was filled with a lot of different things, which are is gonna mean so much down the line. So when we first start, and we'll start with Ferrari. I mean, they are probably the biggest topic of conversation because they haven't finished a race where you felt you were confident with their engine or they just had an overall good weekend. They've been on a downward trajectory. When you think of Carlos Sainz, obviously he's had his issues with, um, I don't want to call it mental, but you know he's had his own issues with getting the car to where he needs it to perform. He's obviously not as comfortable with the car. So would you break that down to being a mental thing slash pressure? That's up to you. I'm not here to... Psycho- psychologically analyze anybody right but typically Charles has had a way better time in that car he's looked good but he's had reliability issues and strategy issues and it makes you wonder if Ferrari's race team is on par with the development team this year and you know that's all part of it right your race strategy maybe their engine mode is too high who knows right but you really got to start asking these questions on what is going on at Ferrari Charles obviously had a great weekend in terms of when you look at a pure racing aspect, another pole, that's four in a row, and he was taking off from the pack, at least Carlos, so I, w- I want to talk about that, and I keep talking about it, but we're not going to talk about it until, um, we're not going to stop talking about it until there's some definitive answers, right? Carlos was about six seconds behind, four to six seconds, correct me if I'm wrong, Max Perez, and obviously Charles was ahead, right? So he can't even keep up with the Red Bulls, and Charles was putting distance between them. And, you know, we don't know, obviously, what is going on at Ferrari. We do know that Charles has a better power unit in there because he did upgrade to the newer power unit, while because Carlos had to switch his engine quickly, the new one wasn't ready, so he's taking a second version of the old one. So that could be a little bit of a difference, but to be six seconds behind within, I want to say under 10 laps, that's a big question mark for me is what is going on with Carlos Sainz and is Charles Leclerc that much better of a driver? I think my expectations this weekend was, did Charles respond? Would Charles put up a championship effort? And up until his car broke down, he did. Charles answered all my questions. He had obviously a flying lap, one of the most beautiful laps you'll see. Maybe it might be the best lap of the season, the best qualifying lap of the season. We'll find out. But he obviously finished P1, right, in terms of qualifying. He was ahead of the pack. Um, You know, strategy happened here and there. It is what it is. Um, Obviously, Charles took the lead after some strategy things, right? And he had a decent amount of distance between the Red Bulls, but... To me, is just crazy, man. Like the fact that 
the fact that Carlos can't even keep up is is a big red flag, right? So I don't want to harp on Ferrari this whole episode. I think they really got to figure something out because Charles has looked really good this year and they haven't delivered on their side in terms of the engineering or strategy or whatever that looks like. But they are wasting a valuable chance. And, you know, for me, it's still a successful year for Ferrari, not because they didn't win or any kind of storylines like that. They've made their way back into championship contention. And I think that's huge, right? When you think about someone like Lewis Hamilton and Mercedes and then Red Bull and uh, Max Verstappen, they were a league ahead of them last year. This year for me specifically was all about Ferrari getting back in the championship contention. And they've done that, right? So I will say this and we'll leave it at that is my expectations do not hinder on a championship. My expectations was, do you guys put a, a championship level car and Charles gets that battle experience he needs in a championship level car? And then next year, I'll expect you guys to compete for a championship. Like really, really, if you guys don't win next year, it'll be a failure, right? For both Carlos and Charles um, learning to compete for a championship because they talk about racing, but winning a championship has so many different small things involved that you don't really understand. I think at any level of professional sports, winning requires that experience or you're just so good, but there's things about winning that you don't really learn until you're competing there. And whether you can adjust to it right then and there, it's a whole different conversation, but you do need to learn. You do need to take some lumps before you win, in my opinion. So I want to talk about Red Bull next. I'm sure this, uh, the haters of this podcast that listen to maybe you take motivation are really happy, but it really was a dream scenario for Red Bull. And their car looked great on this circuit, right? Um, shout out to Max. I called him out. I said, Max hasn't looked great. He's let Checo beat him. And he just hasn't looked like the championship driver that we saw last year. And boy, did Max respond. I have to give him all the credit in the world. There's nothing else that I can say other than Max responded to what I called him out for is losing to Perez, not looking dominant, not looking great. He pulled off Max for stabbing things and he looked like he was in a class of his own. When you think about it, obviously they have the same equipment, but they're not in the same setup. He beat Perez by a good 20 seconds, right? So it felt like Perez of last year where he couldn't contend with Max. So maybe Max just needed a little kick in the butt. Who knows? But he seemed like he found a really, really strong pace there and no one was keeping up with him. In terms of Checo, really happy with his performance. Obviously, he got his elbows out right at turn one. That was really good to see. But he has been strong this year, and make no mistake about it, this is a championship fight. Regardless if you think or Max Verstappen or Checo is better, they're both in this championship battle. All it takes is one engine issue for Max or one little in the wall with Charles Leclerc. We know how Max is. He's a little aggressive, and Checo could be literally right there within single-digit points. So let's not underestimate Checo. It's going to be a... a a great championship battle. We have we have five contenders right now. Really only three real contenders, but we have five people that could potentially win because let's not discredit um, Mercedes if they figure it out, which I don't think they will at this point. I think I've, I've come to that conclusion. But if Mercedes somehow figures it out, George Russell can still somehow, mirror, with a miraculous comeback, maybe come back and be a 
not a I don't think he wins it, but I think he plays a factor in it. So I think it's a five, uh, really a four person race. I mean, really a three person race when you think about it. But four and five will have some say in who wins this championship, which will be great. It'll add more to the end of the year. I'm kind of happy it's a three person championship just because it's going to be Checo, Max, and Charles. I really hope that Christian Horner and Red Bull don't hold him back. But I think the really ironic thing about all this going on is that we had major concerns about Red Bull's reliability because of it early. Now, the Alpha Tories looked strong last week. They obviously hadn't had any issues in a little bit. Neither has Red Bull. Very minor issues, but still they can finish the race, which is the most important. And then you see four Ferrari-powered cars go down. You saw, obviously, the Haas go down. You saw the show go down. It's just crazy, man. Like, what happened to Ferrari's engine? Was it the upgrade? Was it just it can only last X amount of kilometers? But their engine has not looked strong. Four Ferrari-powered cars. So Red Bull seems like it's got a little bit of a grip on its reliability. Great to see. I think the one thing that really bothered me about this year at the beginning was there was so much variability in who's going to finish a race. And there still is, but it seems like it's starting to stable out a little bit. Sucks for Ferrari because I think without DNFs, this championship battle looks a lot different. But, you know, Max had the, the DNFs early, so the Checo had his one early. So who knows? It could be still a chokehold if Red Bull's DNFs didn't happen. But remember, this is a team game. It involves both the constructor and the driver. So that's kind of where we'll leave Red Bull at and Ferrari. Mr. Consistency. For me, I've really enjoyed watching George drive this year. It's been a pleasure as a George Russell fan. He's my favorite driver on the grid. Let it be known. For all you haters or whoever thinks I'm a George bias, I am. Pretty biased towards George. <laughs> but he... um. He's literally scored in the top five every single race this year. And he got another podium. Now, listen, Ferrari had DNFs, but he still drove really well. He looked better than Lewis, and he was just driving his own race. Like, it seems like George is just continuously driving his own race, which is great because he now has, what, 99 points on the season. He looks strong. He's obviously not suffering as much as Lewis Hamilton, which we'll get into right after. But all in all, really happy for George Russell, his third podium this year. I know he wished he'd had a race win by now, but he still has 99 points. And I had a bet with Dale, and he said that George Russell would have less points than Valtteri Bottas by the end of the year. And he may, but it's going to be darn close. And on top of that, Valtteri Bottas was in the number one car last year. It just shows you the, the, the levels to this, right? George Russell is a way better driver. So... Shout out to George Russell, Mr. Consistency. He's now lost his nickname, Mr. Saturday. It is now Mr. Consistency. And I really hope to see George Russell compete for a championship in, an, in a top-tier car. I do feel for Lewis Hamilton. Man, when you've seen him struggling to get out the car, that was... I felt it, man. Like anybody that's over the age of 30 that has any back issues or when your back tightens up. And listen, Lewis is 37 years old. He's not 25. He's not 23. He's not 20. He's 37 years old. Let it be known. And he's been going through quite a bit since he was, what, eight years old since you start karting? 
that position you sit in, all the vibrations you take, like his back is not, it's not, it's not fresh. And you feel for him, right? Like him, you just see him pulling himself outside of his car. Like, I think it took him a good minute to get out of his car. And that's just not a good feeling. When you just literally see his head bouncing down the straight was really bad, right? And I think that leads to a bigger issue, obviously for the Canadian Grand Prix, but what does Toto Wolf do, right? You have this arguably greatest driver of all time and he's competing in a car that's not really competitive. It throws out the question that will Lewis retire after this year? And not because he's not good enough, but if he's not competing for a championship and it's just so, I mean, it's not even like vigorously challenging in terms of being fit and fitness. It is literally a battle with porpoising and bottoming. It's nothing you can do about it. It goes beyond muscles and being strong. That literally comes down to just you and the machine not being stable and safe. I think that, you know, you've heard chatter about George Russell and other drivers saying, is it safe? Does the FIA need to step in? And I think to a point they do, but I mean, this is the first time I might think Christian Horner has a great point is that you shouldn't penalize Red Bull for getting the car right. They've done a great job with the car. It's not purposing much. It's got great control. It's fast. Mercedes took a risk. Maybe Mercedes has to go back to their original design. I'd be okay with that. I don't know if everybody else is, but I'm fine with it. But ultimately, I will say this, is that they just got to do a better job with the car. And I'll come out and say it. Mercedes championship hopes are gone. That's it. Um, it's, it, it's done for me. The reason being is because, you know, I thought they had the porpoising figured out, which they kind of mentioned that they have an idea of where it comes from and how to fix it. But if the roads are bumpy, their car is just uncontrollable, untamable. Uh, so for me, I've just kind of decided to write them off. It, it's just, I said I'd make my decision in Monaco, which this right after Monaco, that's just it for Mercedes, man. The biggest thing for me this year is to see what you guys do in terms of developing your car. Can your car be up at the top of the grid by the end of this year? And if you guys can do that, then you guys had a successful season by standards now. But but by no means did you guys have a successful season with our preseason expectations. But after being into race one, race two, that is what a successful season looks like to me now. That is what, what you could take away. That is the silver lining. If you can develop the car to be a top grid, top of the grid car by the end of this year. McLaren, McLaren, McLaren. So I think McLaren overall ran an okay race. Lando looked strong. Danny looked better, I guess, but it was a little bit due to strategy. Um, interesting about the whole, you know, Lando hold, but didn't really impress me. But hey, it is what it is. I don't expect too much from the papaya finishing fourth is what I expected. And that's cool. If they finish fourth this year, that is what my team should do. Um, there's no championship expectations, at least for the next five years, in my opinion, they don't even have a wind tunnel yet until we get a wind tunnel in 2024. I don't even want to talk about championships, but shout out to McLaren. I think that they had a decent race. Obviously you want to get points. 
Um, their car looked really slow down the straights, which, you know, they got some development to do, but that's no secret. But yeah, shout out to Danny Rick. He scored some points. I don't know if it silenced any of the haters, any of the doubts, but it does at least delay them until Canada. And, you know, Danny Rick won his first race in Canada. He has some great memories there, so hopefully he bounces back. Let's talk about Pierre Gasly and um, AlphaTauri. It is about time we've seen them be really competitive, right? It was very strange not having Pierre Gasly in your top 10 for qualifying or even thinking about Pierre Gasly because he's been a consistent for quite a bit. All last year, Pierre Gasly was always a threat to get into Q3. It felt like Q3 was like a regular thing. And when he didn't make it, it was what the hell is going on. He, I think he had a great race, great qualifying. Um, I mean, he couldn't really do anything about Hamilton. I think the Mercedes car is just in a class of its own compared to the AlphaTauri. So shout out to Pierre for finishing P, uh, P, uh, P5. 10 points, that's solid. Obviously, we saw what Yuki did. I don't know if they have the right strategy in terms of AlphaTauri for not um, pitting. And I think they should have pit, but it is what it is. They got points. They thought maybe position would be better, but... They walked away with a decent amount of points this weekend. So, shout out to Alvatore. Haas, Alfa Romeo. I think Bottas looked really weak this weekend, but he'll bounce back. I think Joe did look better. Um, but, you know, his engine obviously had an issue. When you think of Haas, we, me and Kurt are going to have to do an Haas episode. Like, Haas has been a very interesting team. They have, um, although they're not the laughing stock, they have been very disappointing this year. And we'll get into that in one episode. But Haas, to me, has been very disappointing based on where they started the year and where they've been. So we'll definitely get tap into that. Latifi, as usual, breaking rules, uh, awarded a five-second penalty for not adhering to the blue flag. Like, come on, Latifi. You cost Lewis Hamilton the championship. Now you don't even want to adhere to a blue flag. Man, Latifi, I don't know if you have a seat next year. I hope you don't. I think that someone else deserves it. And it's not being a hater. I just really think someone else deserves a seat. And you're holding up a very piece of valuable real estate. There's only 20 in the world. And you've done nothing to prove that you are an F1 driver, in my opinion. Um, great race by Vettel. Great race by Vettel. He obviously had the issue in qualifying where he ran wide. But... He finished P6. Shout out to Sebastian. He's looked really strong this year. I don't think Lance Stroll's looked really good, and you guys know how I feel about Lance Stroll, but Seb is showing that the Aston Martin actually got some performance, whether that obviously be because of some DNFs, sure, but he's shown that you can score regular points, and every single race that he's finished, he scored points in. Obviously, he didn't race in the first two races. He had a DNF, and I think in Australia because of Mick, but he scored points in every other single race, so shout out to Seb. He's done a phenomenal job this year, in my opinion, based off Lance Stroll and beating his teammate. But we also have to say, I don't know if beating Lance Stroll is an accomplishment. So we'll leave it at that. That is our Bacchus recap. I appreciate anybody that's listened. Like I said last time, a little bit different. It's not me and Kurt just chatting, having fun. It is me doing a little bit more of an analysis. But I really enjoyed doing this. I apologize yet again for us missing the recording. I know for us, missing a race there, qualifying is usually something that never happens. I want to apologize to all all the loyal listeners, but thank you so much for anybody that's made it this far. 
And we'll see you this week for our preview on Thursday. Peace.